hi everyone welcome to miami the podcast another special episode today regarding the virginia key uh issues we have esther joining us today and david winker thank you for joining us and coming back glad to be here yeah this is your second episode with us and today you are uh Showing us a different side, because last time you were here, we talked about our love for books. A love for Miami books. Miami Miami literature. Right. And today you are um, helping us understand a little bit better everything that's happening within our city. We have Jason, um, who is also joining us over Zoom uh, today. Jason, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having us again. As your expertise. And last but not least, my co-host for today, Nadir Perez. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, no, I guess um, this is going to be pretty interesting because we're going to see it from different perspectives of the same issue, but also talk about the developments that have occurred since we last spoke. Absolutely. So let's start with updates. Since we last discussed this, what has happened? Uh, Since I believe we were here on a Wednesday, Mm -hmm. on Thursday, We had a meeting with the directors of parks and real estate at Commissioner Russell's office, which was facilitated by the commissioner and his staff. Uh, His staff was also present. And we left that meeting uh, believing that we were going to be uh, in good faith uh, looking at the disputes that we had with the amounts uh, that might be owed, uh, the time frame. I took documents with me. They asked me to just email them because I didn't want to take him at that point. I had a curious exchange with the parks director. Um, but we left thinking that we were going to, you know, do what businesses do when there's a disagreement, and that's to uh, look at everyone's claim and try to figure out what the correct path forward was. And instead, um, I sent him my email with what I believe were discrepancies in what they were charging me on the monthly rent um, compared against the spreadsheet that they had sent me on the ninth for the first time after having asked for it multiple times and then being very resistant to provide it, which didn't help regardless. We had, um, I sent him some other documentation regarding when the lease was supposed to actually start and I was going to go that weekend and reconcile against what checks I had issued to make sure that everything was actually reflected uh, and correct. Um, and instead, the that afternoon, uh, as I'm leaving, I had filmed um, uh, a, an interview at Mega TV. And I, as I was leaving, uh, I'm getting calls from the park telling me that the police are there and that they're looking for documents and, and that, um, you know, I, I need to be there, that there's some code issues and that we have to shut down. And what do we do? I said, they're telling you to shut down, shut down. I'm like, what are they asking for? And, and they're trying to explain to me and they're looking for a certificate of use, a CU. And I said, well, let me let me get to let me get to the files. Let me let me see what I have. Well, it's supposed to be here. If it's not here, then and it's it's starting to get really tense. Um, I'm about an hour away. And then I get more calls. How far are you now? I'm about a half hour away. It was a half hour later. I mean, there have been other calls in between. But to make a long story short, uh, Diana, who's my uh, director of marketing and uh, and programs and operations, um, she was forced to sign a an arrest affidavit 
which may not be a big deal for people that know the process, but for a young woman that's never done anything illegal, who doesn't own the business, you know, they, they took her ID and put it in her information and told her, if you don't sign it, you're going to jail. <laughs> and and yeah. it's like, she was mortified. She's, you know, she has to go to court now to, to clear her name. Wow. I have a question. How, how common is it that police get involved in like business, like in business or, you know, operations or things of this nature? I've personally never seen it. And, and the way that it normally, the process normally works is, you know, here we are in a, in a studio space. And if a business license is required, you'll actually get a visit from a tax representative of the city or the county, you know, depending on, on who it is, who will say, you know, you guys know you have to have a business tax receipt, right? Okay. Yes. You know, fill out this form and, you know, it's all user-friendly, right? It's really a, a method to collect money to get what's going on. Um, the city of Miami has recently criminalized operating a business without a CU. Oh, and that's where this that is. Change made? I, I, I think it was about six months ago. Oh, and, very recent. Yeah, it's very recent. And it's, and it is, you know, listen, you know, has this happened with someone's running like an illegal nightclub? Yes, it has. Look, I, you know, it has happened in very egregious, dangerous situations. Um, in this case, you know, it, it was, I got a call from Esther and it was like, hey, they want me to come. And it's like, you know, don't go. Like they're, this is all uh, trumped up to try to arrest you. Like they're going to take you away in handcuffs. And, you know, it's and I'm just, like, I have to go. My people are there. You know, and they, you know, here they are. They did an arrest warrant for, you know, an employee. But, you know, the idea is she's charged with a crime, right? They're, let's be clear. They're charged with a crime. It's a criminal act. And, and my answer to you is, of course, it's not normal. Of course, it's, you know, we, we this is not, this is not how the process normally would work. And then Esther's going to give you some background on, you know, why there isn't a CU, right? I mean, there's no, it's not that it wasn't applied for. It's not that it's not pending. I mean, there's things that are going on with it. So this is not a case where, you know, and I think in this case, it's a very unusual circumstance where she's in a facility provided by the city of Miami, right? Under a lease with the city of Miami, with the city of Miami constantly visiting and doing stuff. And then all of a sudden now, you don't have the CU. We don't care that you've applied for it. We don't care that it's pending. We don't care that it's our fault, the city, that you don't have it. Yeah. You don't have it. That's a crime. And I would say to you, I, I personally have not seen it. Like I said, outside of the yeah. context of a Saturday night, a legal nightclub, illegally selling liquor, this is not normal. And then how are the, then how are, is it like, I guess, legally enforceable that Diana, who isn't the business owner, signed the document that's for her? Like, how does that kind of work out? You know, it's just like who's, you know, who's who's the representative of the business operating the business okay. at that point. So, you know, do you know, this is this is like so many of, you know, abusive, you know, what's going to happen? The charge is going to get dropped. I mean, of course, but it's just a way to threaten, intimidate. I mean, if you see the video. You like see cops there. It's like I think it's seven cops like with you know all these little kids sitting there, and it's like it takes seven cops to do this. It was pure, pure intimidation. So where are we? You know, where are we? Havana? Are we in Miami? I don't quite understand what's going on I here. Think we're I mean, in Moscow, to be honest with you. That sounds like thuggery to me from over here. I mean, what's behind you? What's what's what? Thuggery. He's hearing some I mean, thundering. Yeah. No, thuggery. 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 Sounds like thuggery. I mean, what, what what's behind all this? Because, you know, when you look at this from the outside in, last time we came together, it seems like the city is going out of their way in a coordinated effort to do certain things. 
Is there something happening here with developers that we don't know about? I mean, what's what's really behind all of this? Because Miami is having a big housing crisis right now where families are being kicked out of their homes mm-hmm. because they can't afford the rents. I remember we were we were we were together last time. I told you about a family member, a friend of ours, sorry, who who told us about folks living at Camilla's house who are making a hundred thousand bucks a year but can't find housing. And the commissioner seemed to be punning at Dade County. Is this happening in the city of Miami? I don't know, but something about all of this with the aggressiveness that they're using yeah. to move you out of there and do other things just doesn't really add up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think basically what we have to do is look at um at, at this whole uh, proposal for the homeless encampment as a development project because it, it puts residential living into a park space. Um, and you know, realistically, is that you talk to people that are in this industry, not industry, in this in this field uh, that work with these populations, and they all tell you the same thing. This just doesn't work. You can't isolate people that are in crisis and then expect them to all of a sudden, you know, get better because you locked them away somewhere. Um, and they'll tell you, oh, they're not locked away. It's voluntary. I mean, there's just so many things that are wrong here. And, you know, they came at me really hard. Um, this was a Friday afternoon at 1030 on Twitter. The city is is making all sorts of accusations against me about how I owe them over $140,000, a number that has never been claimed until 10, 10 o'clock, 1030 that night, that I constructed illegally. The city built the facility, not me. Um, and then there was something else that I owed taxes. Um, what What taxes? The occupational license? I mean... What's an occupational license? I, you know, I, I now I'm more familiar with it. forty-five bucks a year. So, but they're not even. Then there's a draft of a termination letter dated the same day that I was meeting with these directors. For your lease. Yeah, and um, that doesn't get served without a signature until Sunday morning at about ten thirty. So this is a big city with a multitude of resources and employees focusing on a kayak shop uh, on a Friday night, late on a Friday night, on a Sunday morning. And then on Monday, and by the way, that termination didn't include anything about the 140. And then on Monday, they send the follow-up email, like saying, oh, don't forget, don't forget to accuse her of being a deadbeat. So you're saying that that the city's saying that you owe them $140,000? Over $140,000. And how did they come to that number? Uh, You would have to ask the city. They don't and provide they, you with details? No. No. The only thing that they provided me with, I mean, I think what they're doing is they're looking at my past annual rent payments and they're calculating what it could be. Have we gotten, have we grown? Yes, we've grown. That's what a successful business does. We grow every year. So we but started is, from from nothing. Is that something that they can do? Because you're... Um, I'm assuming your rent was a fixed number. We have monthly rent and then we have percentage rent. And we have a dispute over what I owe. Because what's happened is um, we had certain rent abatements, time periods during which rent was not due and percentage rent wasn't due. During COVID? During COVID and also during Irma. Because when Irma happened, uh, the city was dumping debris in the field behind us and we got shut down. And even though at that point, the administration acknowledged that, you know, we were being 
what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, adversely affected, but more so than any other closure. And they moved over to Marine Stadium to a, a building that was in, you know, in pretty bad conditions. And it, it, but still, we were able to operate, and I was appreciative of it. So, you know, with that administration, there's this this understanding that that there's a problem, and they're trying to to minimize, you know, the impact. But now they're saying, oh no, and then we had the seawall construction. And then there's some language in the lease which might or might not be strong enough, and that becomes a legal question about uh, tolling the lease during all of these closures. Tolling, tolling, because it's a five-year lease, and and it's been. I mean, I've had, you know, I've had uh, elected officials out there saying that I was there and they're a no bid deal. That I have some godfather that's been helping me hide my lease. Uh, that I'm living off the taxpayers. A godfather. I'm sorry, that's funny. If I had a godfather, I, I don't think I'd be in this situation right now. You know, but um, I mean, all sorts of things that I don't pay my staff that I built illegally. I, I pay my staff. My staff makes good money. I have a staff of about 17, including guides. And on average, uh, they make about 25 an hour. Uh, some make a little more, some make. They earn it. Yeah. Listen, okay. A good portion of that, not not the majority, but they make tips and, and they make good money in tips because we provide an actual service and people recognize that. And when I do well, you know, they do well because I'm not greedy. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and it's unfortunate to have a sitting official say, first of all, he was disparaging McDonald's workers and then questioning uh, whether, you know, well, she says this, that, and that, you know, that, that would be almost 400,000 in payroll. You know, I don't think it's for. Oh, it's, it's clear. It's it's, you know what? It's clear. Some of them have never run a business before because these are career politicians who have no idea what it means to make payroll because they're using taxpayer money that they're not accountable for, frankly. And uh, it's 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 again. I think this is thuggery, and I hope there's a way we can help you uh, not only raise awareness but somehow going back to the way this decision was made, which was very suspicious, frankly. That there's no clear record about how this decision was made. But then on top of that, all these things that have happened since the use of police to do certain things, intimidating you with the press, intimidating you with in the public space, uh, it's it's and making arguments. Frankly, this whole plan makes about as much sense as the trap door on a canoe. You don't put trap doors on canoe, folks. Right. right? I bet you can sit in Miami if you let them because they don't know what they're doing. But this reminds me of all these battles where you have the private sector and the community being beat up on because the government's failing to do the basics that they need to do, creating a public safety problem, frankly. I've spoken to clients of mine who live on the key, uh, longtime residents of the key, and they're apoplectic about this. They weren't consulted on it. Uh, they, they, they have no idea why the city is doing what they're doing, but they're not surprised by it. And they're saying, look, you all go ahead and do that. A lot of key residents that I've spoken to believe that this is just a gateway issue they're using for development. Yep. There's a lot of people who want to get their hands on that land. There's not many places to build. And what they're going to essentially do is create a, a, a real big problem uh, for the economy of that whole of that whole region and traffic problems and all sorts of other issues. And, of course, hurt an industry or mm -hmm. travel that we kind of need down there for beaches. And, and that's the sort of thing they want to do fine. But my point is, on your, on your issue, I hear you saying these stories. And I've seen this in Washington so much. In the last 30 years, we've been working up there. We hear property fights out in California. We hear about property fights out in Texas. We hear so many things happening where the government overreaches. And you have these politicians in Miami that they clearly do not know how the free market works. 
They're very quick, by the way, of going and trying to create all this cyber coin stuff. I'm a big fan of cyber coins and, and Bitcoin. I love all that stuff. But maybe they should focus on the basics, on things that really matter. And they're demonstrating through their actions in the key that if they can't get that right, if they cannot use the power they've been entrusted correctly, they cannot be entrusted with things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because they frankly don't even understand what all that's about. So there's something here that I hope you all stay on them. I hope that there's a way that you all can challenge them, in, not only in court, but in the court of public opinion. Because if we don't challenge governments now to do the right thing, they're going to keep doing this over and over and over again. Yeah. So, so on that, David, could you kind of give us some context about what makes the city of Miami, I guess, a bit different from other cities or municipalities, especially when it comes to situations of either property or business disputes? Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because I will say this, this is happening around. I mean, I was, I was the lawyer for the country club of Coral Gables and it was a, just a, they actually came in the middle of the night, went to a judge, got a signed order. Uh, you talk about like, you know, thinking like, I actually was in the press. It was one of the most un-American things I'd ever seen. They showed up the next morning, cops signed order, signed in the middle of the night saying, you know, we now run this property. This receiver runs this property. You have to leave. And we were able to undo that. But you're seeing this kind of trend of this authoritarian trend that when it comes to this stuff, and that that happened to be a Toronto-based uh, restaurateur family, and they're never going to do business in South Florida again. Right. That was that was something they'd never experienced. And so, you know, I'm a capitalist. It's funny. I'm actually known like as an activist. I'm, I'm actually really I see all this as a breakdown uh, of capitalism. Right. Like it's That's like right. we need to we need to encourage business. We need to encourage jobs. We need to encourage tourism. And I think one of the things that, you know, this I think one of the problems that this is, is failure to see what you know, it's like we what brings people here is our natural environment. And then we're going to overbuild our natural environment and have no swim days because of fecal matter in the bay. We're going to get rid of our, the recreational opportunities on Virginia Key, our last big green space after Melrose is being developed and replace it as a homeless encampment, you know, which is not a, a not a not an optimum use of park space, which we'll get into. So I think that when you talk about like why, why is city of Miami, I think city of Miami is particularly bad about this because of lack of leadership right and i'm going to i'm going to tell you straight again another kind of breakdown of capitalism story i was at a studio and was doing a show and there was a developer who developed in california and uh in north carolina and he said i find it fascinating what y'all do these fights you have and he said you know you guys on brickle there'll be a 20 by 20 piece of grass and you guys are fighting like tigers over it. And he's like, I'm not making fun of it. Like, that's the one place that people have to go to, like, walk their pet, you know, be outside. And he goes, ironically, he's like in California, which he's like, I find overregulated. He goes, I don't have those fights because the people have made the decision. If you're going to put up 40 acre development, guess what? 15 acres is park or whatever it was. He's like, that has all been done in advance. And he goes, I ironically in over-regulated areas, he's like, I find them over-regulated, but it's easier for me to do business because the rules are there. There's no getting mm -hmm. around the rules. So is it almost like compared to California to here that our leaders can't come to a decision? Well, I, the use? Well, I think it's, it goes to more of like, we, we don't have these discussions, right? Like, I mean, here, here I'll, take, I'll give you the breakdown on this. 
we have a master plan for Virginia Key. It's been decided on the right people were at the table and it's it's there. We we I, I could bring you the document. Here's what we want to do with this. And despite that, despite having a master plan that we've all agreed on, all of a sudden, we're now going to put a homeless encampment. Well, you also let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, and I'll go off topic a little bit first. And to Jason's point about uh, you know disorder, even on the monthly rent where it's like a set amount defined under the lease, when I did the calculations, I realized that they had been overcharging me monthly rent. So over the period of time. Yeah, just poor records keeping. You know, they hit me with an audit notice, of course, after all this. And I I sat back because I've, I've never had anything, you know, that magnitude. They want to look at everything. And um, and I know it's a witch hunt. Like, usually I would be like, welcoming, come come look. I'm not hiding anything from you. But but it's a witch hunt, so I'm more apprehensive. And then I realized in thinking about it, I said, you know, what they should be auditing is themselves. Because you have the same commissioner go out on on a radio show that he went out to, you know, counter what I had just said. And and his position was that, oh, there's another tenant that owes over 300,000 and we're going after them next. Like, okay, hold on. Let's say, let's say that I owe you 140,000. Why are you going after me first? Is it is it because of 140 or is it because you didn't like what I said? I took you on. I challenged your project and now you're coming after me. So don't tell me it's not retaliation when it is. You know, you're taking away a service that our community values and you're leaving them with nothing. This is this is you're affecting the community. I've never said to them, I'm not paying you. Quite the opposite. I said, we need to figure out what the numbers are so that we can be, uh, you know, on the same page. Yeah, because listen, my lease is coming up. I actually thought that we were still under lease. My numbers were wrong. I lost a year. I'm sorry. I think a lot of people lost a year. It wasn't even a full year. It's been a, it's a few months in the difference. But, um, but you know, we move, we fast forward in talking about land and and so forth. You know, we do have this zero net loss, um, which I I guess it's an ordinance or something in the city. Comprehensive plan. Yeah, the comprehensive plan. We're we're not supposed to lose any parkland. And in the same meeting where they approved this uh, this encampment project. They were considering um, a special area plan for development that would have taken some parkland and placed it on the rooftop right, of high rises. So, so we're taking actual parkland, and I think the first thing that has to happen is we have to define what parkland means. Right. It's not a marina. What it's, that looks like in our it's not tennis courts. It's not a golf course. You've already said it's not a golf course. City of Miami, yeah. but it's also not tennis courts. It's also mm. not again marinas. You know, you got a park, um, uh, Antonio Maceo Park, that they're putting in. It's a small park in an area that's mostly apartments, and you know, it's not a high income neighborhood. Uh, it's a lot of retirees and, and you know, working folks, and they're putting in a jet ski marina. On Blue so, Lagoon. So there's a big question of accessibility as well with those plans. That changes everything. So the kids that go out there and play, the people that go out there and have this green space, are, are, I mean, that changes it. But between the patio, the rooftop patio replacement for actual parkland, um, hmm. the overgrowth of marinas because they're more profitable. You know, a park will never be more profitable than a marina. It just isn't going to happen. So what you're basically saying is we might take away this green space, but we're going to have to replenish it somewhere else. Right. And then how do you replenish it? These are not 
replacement. Right, because it's not equivalent. You're not. Right. They're they're putting you're taking swales, away swales. You know, you're getting a, a twenty by twenty foot swale, et cetera. But I, I think, but but what I would say to you is 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 part of like what I would to to actively listen to what Esther's saying is it's a breakdown of the relationship between the governed and the governors, right? Absolutely. Like it's what do what do people want, right? Do we want this continued terrorization of private business, right? For code compliance, right? We're seeing it at uh, with with Bill Fuller and Ball and Chain. Well, you see, this is a great transition into, but it's not. So it's not. This is yeah. There there is a history of this weaponization, and I would say to you to to actually listen to what 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 Esther's saying is this idea of there's a culture of non-compliance at the city. So what they're going to do to you is you're going to be running your business in any normal city. There's a yearly accounting. You 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 have a process. You have a supervisor of the contract. You sit down. You true up at the end of the year. Like it's all done properly. When none of that is done, and everyone's out of compliance, right? Every contract that the city has, as far as real estate, I would I would venture, I would I would posit is out of compliance right now. So what does that mean? That is a it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Then who gets prosecuted, right? Who, who, it's like everyone's speeding on the highway. Well, I think you I know, know who gets know? prosecuted. It's a person who speaks up and says stuff they don't well, want to Well, but it depends. I mean, think about <laughs> thing when in the highway, when everyone's speeding, who gets pulled over? Black people, right? Like, let's, you know, let's talk about it's, it's who it, it ends up with people being targeted for whatever reason. In the city of Miami, what does it become? It's political speech. Bill mm-hmm. Fuller supports upon somebody other than Joe Carollo. Esther speaks out against a plan involving the park. So though it, it, it is a, it's, it's our tolerance for the weaponization of the tools of government against business. And, and it's and, making our community a worse you know, place to live. And, there's even, and that's, and that's something, even, by the way, you know, it's interesting. You got to saying that because hearing this conversation last week and now today, even more so talking about master plans, talking about due process that I don't see here talking about civilized nations, doing civilized people engaging in a open and robust debate and not being punished for it. I've spent a lot of my private practice dealing with international claims law, where we help American citizens prevent or uh, secure compensation for foreign governments doing exactly what I see starting to happen in the city of Miami. And frankly, that's a little scary that I say something like that. We've worked on cases in Latin America, and not just we, we've done Cuba claims cases, but we've done other takings cases uh, and other sorts of cases where the governments and local governments use police powers to, frankly, engage in unlawful behavior. I'm not saying that's what's happening here in Miami. I haven't analyzed all the facts. I can't say for sure. But looking from the outside in and hearing these stories, it's almost as if this is a path that we should not be going on, but we already have gone down that I've seen in my private law practice when we go up against foreign governments that are taking property from American citizens without due process of law. You know, under international law and under the standards that you apply in some of those cases, what's happened in your case, Esther, there's already been, technically speaking, breaking of the law, the way that they've approached and dealt with your problem. So it's quite troubling to see that and I hope that we can reorient the discussion and whoever's doing this in the city of Miami, if you're listening to this group of people speaking to you, stop acting like thugs 
come out of the shadows and engage in a civilized discussion, follow your laws, and do not use the police to terrorize people who are just trying to make a living and frankly make the most productive use of the property available uh, up until now. It just makes no sense. No, Why they're and, not you know, following their own rules? I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, even if you look at the demeanor of the police, they seemed uncomfortable. They seemed uncomfortable because I, I can see think, that. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that. their their role. And I, I don't you know, when I looked at it, it didn't seem like they were embracing that role. It's like they were there because somebody said something horrible was going on. And and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not selling alcohol. I'm not in, I'm not I'm not running a prostitution ring. I'm I'm not cooking meth. You know, <laughs> it's like. OK, you need me to close, I'll close. I did something wrong. How do I fix it? But do I, I don't even think there's a path forward to fixing it. And, mm -hmm. and that's really sad because, you know, I said before, I'm proud of what we did here. I'm proud of the opportunities that we created and the access that we created for a community. And it's been taken away and not just from me, but from the people who work for me, the from most my concerning team, thing, and from the community. Right. The most concerning thing is that your business is an asset to the city, cool. to the people around that area. So what what do you guys think this means for small business owners in Miami? I think they're in trouble. I think you yeah. can't do business with the city of Miami. Well, you can't speak up if you're a small business. No, I, I think you can't do business because the other, the other thing is as soon as you get successful, as soon as you build it, then there's someone else, a pariente de pariente, you know, the, the relative of the relative mm -hmm. that looks at it and says, oh, we'll put it out for a bit and I'm going to get that. Well, and you, from you what know, I understand, I've, I've, I've we have always wondered. Yeah, you know, didn't you all have a problem down there a few years ago with one of the golf courses in Miami-Dade County? Uh, they were trying to private the one near the airport. Yeah, the MLS. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're we're that's we're in the middle of that right now, which is and it's interesting because I you know like one of the things one of the things I would like when we talk about broad policy prescriptives like you one of the things you could do you could say okay parks stay parks. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that would have stopped the Mel Reese. That would have stopped the golf course thing. Right. A park stays a park. Mm -hmm. It doesn't become a commercial development. We're not going to build stadiums. Now we're talking about building. We're building the University of Miami Stadium at Tropical Park. Right. We're using wow. our, county park. Are yes. parks public property? Yeah, they are. And then there's and there's there is there are protections built in. Right. to our charters which is like our constitution of our cities sure but who enforces the charter but that's my point is 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 you end up with and then what i would say to you is one of the things that's exhausting so like it's like i you know i've been involved in this battle with uh there's a wawa that they're trying to put across the street for the elementary school in coral oh, gables Right in front of Carver, right? You're right in front of Carver. Right and we killed yeah. it off. Like we be Wawa. Like it was actually an incredible <laughs> legal victory. And it was interesting because I was talking to the reporter about it. And I was like, she's like, this is really an incredible legal victory. And I was like, you know, I got to tell you something. I, I want to put this in a little perspective. Like here's these people who had to come up with this money to pay me to get this. Thing. What's our victory? We actually got the city to follow its own rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's really it's sad. That's it's what I'm saying. Exhausting. It's exhausting. It is hard on. It's a waste of resources. All these other productive activities, these productive economic activities, besides raising our kids, that we could be doing instead of this. And so I, I want to talk. We'll, we'll talk more about like kind of the systemic answers to this, which is like frankly, so, elect better people. So let me let me ask you something. So if you have a city that refuses to follow its own charter and its own rules and laws as a resident 
What's my recourse? But that's the question. And it's interesting because I've said that as like when your city, I've been saying this for years, when your city has gone rogue, when your government has gone rogue, what do you do? Right. What does that look like? And I think that we're all struggling with how to do that. I mean, Al Crespo just passed away, um, political blogger down here. And he, yeah, he, it's funny. I, I, I put an editorial that I'm going to read you the last line, but I, I did an editorial this morning and it's in the Herald. And it was, I was, um, I was, that, I was, I was that guy. And he, you know, the idea was, um, like he, you know, he would always, he just would say the city of Miami commission is nothing more than a criminal enterprise. But he would just openly say that this is a criminal enterprise and you need to wow. look at it like a criminal. Yeah. That's that was his famous thing was this, this commission, this city commission is nothing more than a criminal enterprise. And that's how he analyzed it. It's how he analyzed their actions. It's how he analyzed their motivations, their results. That's, that's the paradigm that he looked at it through. So. I will tell you when, you know, I think that the attitude of law enforcement, which we have, you know, we haven't had law enforcement come into the city of Miami in a long time, is the attitude of law enforcement is, okay, you want us to come clean up your mess. You elected these people. You are electing these people. And I, and I, and I, I got to tell you something, these commissioners, I don't think hide who they are. It's not a case of them lying to us. Oh, we're going to come in and we're going to maximize your green space and we're going to have clean government. That's not what they're saying. I think they're very in their defense. They're transparent about what they're going to do. Right. I am broke. My house is in foreclosure. You know, I need a job. I'm going to now come in and become your commissioner. And so when the results you get. I think that, you know, it's it's again, another Crespoism is like we you know, and she uh, and Esther, this argument Esther box at this, but it's like we get the government we deserve. And I disagree. I think if you're being you're being fed a false narrative, then you're being defrauded and we don't no one deserves to be. Defrauded. But I don't think there's any it's false. Just blaming. But it will argue because I, I don't think there's any false narrative. I don't I don't think, I think it is. I, I don't think a commissioner Commissioner Joe Carollo doesn't hide who he is. Commissioner Alex Diaz de la Padilla do not hide who they are. I mean, whatever but you want to say do, about them, I don't think they hide. Give an example. How? I am going to save your neighborhood from traffic. That's a lie. They are going to save your neighborhood. No, they're not. They, they have. They're not because you know what's going to happen in a few months. What? Those barricades are going to come down and we'll the traffic is going to be right back. But in, in the meantime, it stopped. <laughs> hey, uh, yes. Excuse me. <laughs> By the way, the trolls that came after me online and on next door, on Twitter, on Instagram, were the people that were either appointments from this commissioner or that have been benefiting from this illegal road closure. And to the tune of, um, as of about three months ago, I guess it's almost four now because time has flown. To, it was over 600,000 in overtime police. Again, not blaming the police. If somebody tells you, I'm going to pay you to sit there and watch a barricade. It's what you do for overtime pay. That's what you do. But why are we spending that money? That's tax dollars. Not to mention all the outside council fees for both That's the city what, and the what, county. What We're all state, paying that. Well, what about your state legislature? What do, what do they do when things like this happen? Do the do the local yeah, state like, reps get involved, or the U.S. Or what about the state attorney? What isn't there an anti-corruption unit down but there? But that's that what I'm trying work? to tell you is I think that there is a little. If you keep electing, like it's like you know garbage in, garbage out. Like if we keep electing the same people, I'm not sure law enforcement is going to have the added the aptitude is going to have the appetite to come in and clean it out because it's like I I'm going to take. 
this corrupt individual, remove them from office. Okay, well, we and can I'm, start right you're, there. When you're only going to well, vote hold on, hold on. in an even more corrupt oh, individual. Before you go anywhere, we can start right there. If you're Sometimes. removed from office, you should be barred from running for office again, period. No, no, but I'm saying there'll be a new person. It's not like it's not like okay. this because I think I got to tell you something again in defense of the, our current commission. This has been a problem for 30 years. This isn't a new thing. But, David, it's never been this bad. I, mean, I, would, I think that most people would agree it's not been this bad. You know what David was saying, though, so spot on about and we, we have these talks with our clients when they tell us about, you know, the big wins. Right. But. You really don't want to have to go through a trial or litigation or even it, it is that shouldn't you shouldn't have to be going to lawyers to fix something that the political process should mm -hmm. be correcting. That's the part of it that makes no sense to me. And you're saying 30 years has been going on. Uh, David, the last show we did last week on this, I was shocked to learn a lot of this. I've been out of Miami for a while now, but uh, we were talking about how the same politicians or their sons or daughters or legacy seats are kind of what runs that town. And that's yep. Especially that, that, that can't, you know, that can't be good for the body politic. And I think it's time to bring in some new people and figure out a way to bring some new thinkers in there. And I'm, it's great to see some folks running that are new in the political space. Uh, but it's rough to run campaigns down there. And uh, it's it's controlled by someone or something. I don't know what, but that's where I think a lot of the change has to come from because dragging this into court, uh, you know what you do to families when you try and litigate? It's it's rough. This is rough on people. And it takes time. It takes money. And, and, it's and I'm going to jump in on that because we we as lawyers know the judges. You know, oh, I've had judges exactly. look me in the <laughs> eye and just be like, hey, man, I think you got a great case here. But your solution is go vote, go, go get exactly. it. like go like right. like your so like I, I they don't they don't have the appetite to solve that problem. They're like, I, you know, the government gives me certain powers. My job is not to clean up your political problem. So what you elected is, these people. What you're saying is I should get my ducks in a row and run for office. Or we need to support. Yeah, maybe you should. It's a great idea. And this is how a lot of campaigns. I'm going to have a lot of free time where people so. decide to do it on, you know, on the base of that, because because when they see when they see something like this is, you know, there's I, I, there's going to come a point where enough is enough. And I got to tell you something. I have often said nothing's going to change until the developers and the business people get tired of the corruption. Like that's the level of it. The little guy can't do anything My about God, it. But the cost of doing business is just exorbitant in this. That's what I'm saying. But when this, when, when develop, developers when, winning from this corruption, right? Are, are they? That's a, until they, they stop, I think, until they I think, stop. I mean, maybe I think they, maybe I, once we run out of land, they stop. No, I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised. I mean, I, I've represented folks down there on federal matters, not state or local matters, and I've had some pretty influential business people down there tell us we are tired of it, yep. and I agree that, that when that community gets tired of being pushed around, uh, being overregulated, and other things that I've I've been told. There's going to be pushback because even the, you know, the private sector has its limits and you're pushing them, I think, to the limit uh, in some of these cases. I'm not yeah, sure and I think that's what it here. is. The answer is there's a tipping point, right? It's it's advantageous to a certain point. And it's like it's like doing business with the mafia. It's like you come in and, and there are definite like you hear the stories, right? You're there not are, making me feel good. <laughs> but there are advantages to doing business with the mafia, right? There's no street crime. There's, you, you know, progress. and then oh, yeah, I forgot. But, you have the <laughs> right. But you start up that restaurant. And you're everything's good. And then all of a sudden you get a visit and it's like, hey, you're making a lot of money. I want a piece of the action. And mm -hmm. I think that part of what you're seeing here is 
In Esther's case, I think it's less of a piece of the action and more of like, oh, you crossed the line. Mm-hmm. You are speaking out against something you I shouldn't speak out against. For that political speech. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is, I think that we, again, have to recognize, like, what do we want our city to look like as far as that robust political debate? We've seen it over and over again where people well, are punished. I'm going to add a diff- another element to this, and that's that I think you also have different parts of the same city working towards different special goals. So like and, Sure. It's because we saw it, for example, that meeting that we had on that Thursday, we have a parks director who sat there and scoffed at the idea that this uh, homeless encampment would ever happen to me. She went, <laughs> and it was like, that's so disrespectful. I mean, because, you know, apparently, and again, there've been all these, all, all this talk about all these crazy projects and you think they're crazy until you start to actually see them pop up. And then you're like, well, they're still crazy, but they're happening. I mean, how do you stop this? When do you stop this? What do we have to do to make this different? And we have to do something. Well, I can tell you of one example. It didn't work. And that's kind of where me and David actually attempted to put some type of accountability. Was it 2019 or was it? Yeah. Uh, Right before the right before the pandemic. Right. So around 2019, um, we did a recall initiative on Commissioner Joe Carollo, where we collected. Well, I was tasked to collect. Um, I believe it was like 2,000. Do you know the exact number? Yeah, there was 2,400 or something. So, like so, that. Yeah, a bunch of signatures um, to do it, and at every single point in that process, we were met with resistance, both publicly, legally, behind closed doors. So I kind of wanted to re revisit a point where what is the city's history whenever you have somebody who is engaging in political speech that doesn't coincide with the commission's views or or goals? Yeah. What is the typical action of the commission or what has happened in the past? And, and we've seen and, and, and the recall was a perfect example of that. Now, that the recall was it was a bad example because we we probably would have gotten it if it hadn't been for the uh, COVID, for the delays, right? It, it became a moot point, but we won every legal battle, right? At the end of the day, we won legally um, the case. Um, and it's it goes back to the old saying of like, you can't fight city hall. And there's many reasons you can't fight city hall, but one of the reasons you can't fight city hall is you're paying to fight yourself. Mm-hmm. So in that case, Joe Carollo's legal bills were paid for by us. us. I live in the city of Miami. I paid to fight him myself. And so part of what you're doing is you're funding, like you're basically, it's an unlimited, you know, machine, right? There's an unlimited machine. So at every step of the way, you're getting fought by, you know, one of the largest law firms in Miami, the city of Miami legal department, plus private counsel, right, who is being paid by taxpayer dollars. So I think that, the, you know, you're going to the, 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 the teeth of the machine, which is well-funded to ensure that that doesn't happen. And, you know, the attitude of the city isn't like, oh, here's a large percentage of someone's district that are upset with the, the commissioner. Like, let's let this process play out. It was, we're going to, I mean, you lived it. We're going to fight you every step of the way. And you were out there collecting signatures. And, you know, what did people tell you? I don't want to sign this because I'm going to get retaliated. People, oh, even, even voters were scared. You had you yeah. had to you had to get 2,400 signatures. That's I don't all? know. I, I believe it was under. I think it was like 1,900 or something like that. Whatever the number more. was. 
But every time they went to a house, the person would say, and they said it was very interesting. It's funny talking about a dynamic. It was the, the woman, but the woman wanted to sign it. I think if I remember, yeah. and the male would be in the back, like, what are you, no, doing? What are you doing? Don't that's, sign that. Croyo's well, going to get us. That's because we start voters, the fight. Owners, I understand. Like the voter was scared. Talking about women. Yeah. We start the fight and then you guys jump in when there's no other recourse. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's pause for a second because Jason has to go. Jason, thank you so much for spending your time with us and we so appreciate your expertise and what you bring to the conversation so i want to say thank you again well thank you for having us and i think you're starting to see us to the beginning of a of a solution maybe we have to recruit you to run for office i think that could be <laughs> yeah, one yes. a lot to do before that happens <laughs> <laughs> but it's great it's great to be together with so many liberty warriors and you know defenders of property rights i mean that's those are fundamental rights we got to fight for them it begins in places like these. So thank you, Miami Lit, for doing this and uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. Likewise. Take care. Thank you. you Bye-bye. Okay. But so going back to the whole um, collecting of the signatures, because you can see that same sentiment, not just with business owners yep. or developers, but with literal like voters. Like I'm talking about, I would knock on the door and what you just described wasn't just the once, like I wish that was the exception, but they know that this guy's bad business. They know that he's not doing it good, but they're scared to retaliate because they might not get um, the, the turkey at the comedor. Right. Or that they might have um, social pressure from another person. So it's very like Cuba mentality in that regard. And I did notice that, especially from the older population. You see what I mean? Like, it's horrible. And it's crazy because the older population is who Coroyos' base is. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, it was very authoritative. And the last thing I want to say was the Viennes Cultural. That was a lot of fun. So we actually got signatures at his own event, right? So he Well, was, hold on, hold on. Vierne Culturales was no, no, like a non-profit, no, and then no, he no, has his... The uh, thing, what is the it? Thing that he Vierne Pequeña Habana. Okay, okay, but the knockoff yeah, yeah. event. Yeah, 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 but don't yeah, mix yeah, them yeah. up, because I know yeah, that's a little sensitive issue for a He did mix them up, yeah. No, no, I mixed them up for sure. Okay. But what I'm saying is, like, you know how he would have his own mm -hmm. event... He has his own event. At the at the place, right? Right in front of Domino Park. Right across the ball and chain. Right? Funded by tax dollars. Right. So where before it's funded privately or through grants so, or business. so we are, you know, doing our our I don't want to say civic duty because it's not what it says like civic duty, but I'm expressing myself. I'm I'm fully protected under the law to collect these signatures wherever I feel like, however I feel like. Mm -hmm. And as I'm collecting the signatures, the person on the stage, really like that. Like, so you have the institution trying to stop us. Did you find that more people signed after that? Um, well, in that moment, we actually did get a good amount of signatures. And then there was like an article written about it on political Godalito about the whole thing. And that was really towards the tail end. Yeah. But it definitely exposed the bunch. Yeah. Because I think, I think what happens too is, and what's been happening here is that, you know, they underestimate how pissed off people are. And they're fed yeah. up. And, and the more they do to try to, to push it, the worse it gets. You know, right now they've gone quiet. Uh, they called us elitist. They called us... Um, the C word. 
Yeah, well, I did, no, I don't think it was called. No, not yet. They, they haven't well, called the communists yet. No, but that's, good one. that's next. That's I'm good sure. One. That's the next one. Yeah, um, you know, I we've been called um, uh, grifter. Well, not grifters, but the the equal deadbeats. Deadbeats. Yes, thank you. <laughs> deadbeats. Uh, you know, I, I've been called a lot of things, and the more that they attack me, the more the people are standing up to defend us, to defend me, and I didn't expect that. I knew that people loved the island and the park. And I didn't understand how much they loved me, too. And that's really moving. And that's probably the hardest thing for me to deal with. Because I feel like I've disappointed them. Because I should have and could have done better. No, I'm very, well, I am and I'm not. Because I, I just, where I am today, would I love to operate in the park and provide the services? I would. But do I think that's ever going to happen again? I don't. And also, I, I, I'm going to jump in on this emotional moment. It's also, you know, as a friend of Esther, as as a lawyer for Esther, like there comes a point where you have to advise your clients, like even if you could, you probably should not go back. Like the, 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 the environment of renting space from the city, of being in business with the city is frightening. It, the rug can be pulled from you at any moment. And and I always say we were on that we were when we were driving over. I said to her, you know, like it's like we're we're a we're a right to work state, which really means right to fire, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is you can I can employ you and I can fire you because I don't like the shirt you're wearing, I don't like your new haircut. Like I'm literally allowed any reason, but then there's reasons I can't fire you. I can't fire you because you won't sleep with me. I can't fire you because of ethnicity or religious beliefs. There's reasons you can't do it. And that's a little bit of how this feels, right? So there's here she has. She's in a month-to-month period now. They, they have every right. They have every right to terminate her lease. But that's not why they're terminating her lease. They're terminating, they're terminating her lease for a prohibited reason. And I think that that is Under the, the guise of mm-hmm. uh, uh, a No, no, but they're using that. They're saying, just like I can fire you. But that's just the reason They're I'm saying, firing hey, you. Here, here's, here, here's the bottom line. They have a hot mess. They can't even do simple math. You got a parks department with an absentee director who is more interested in, in photo ops and, uh, and, and you know, and having, uh, you know, some publicity than in actually what's happening in parks. You know, it's um, you got a, a bike club that's getting uh, dinged pretty hard right now. These people have done nothing other than go in there and build bike trails at their expense at the, with donations that they've sought. And do you have people going out there saying, oh, you don't pay anything? Oh, you know, it's always about you should be paying them. You should be supporting them. You should be rewarding them for their efforts. They brought you something valuable that you, city, would never have been able to do on your own. And instead, you're, you're penalizing them because they also stood up and said, you, you, this is not the place for this. We have to protect the park. And, and it's not just them. It's, you know, everyone that goes into that park right now to enjoy any of these services being penalized. They started uh, closing the gate early. Um, it's at 630. Now, there's now a truck parked at the entrance so that, you know, no one can come in. We still got two hours of daylight. Right. You know, there was always a sign up said sunset and whether or not those are the official park hours. That's what it, that's what it's always been. And all of a sudden you do that without communicating it. And then today, the same parks director goes in and takes our signs down. You know, technically I'm not gone yet. Why would you do that? Well, you see, technically not gone. You're even under the terms of your yeah. of your termination. You're not even gone yet. Mm-hmm. 
even on the terms of of a, a termination of contract, it gives me through September 13th. So why are you pulling down the signs unless you're all, you know, bent out of shape over uh, what you got caught with your pants down because you're not paying attention to what's going on in your parks because you've been absent? I mean, you know, maybe maybe the city needs to go back and look at what information they're receiving from the different departments. You know, one of the things that they were saying that, that Parks was looking at was a water park and an Olympic training facility. Do I have any proof <coughs> that that, in fact, is happening or that those discussions were taking place? Not right now, but, you know, this is a small town after all. And eventually somebody will pop up. And what's been really amazing during this process is how many people want to throw money at me to establish a pack, how many people want to start a recall petition and are ready to go out on the street and get signatures, and how many people want me to fight to stay there. And, and out of those options, are you exploring any of them? I can't tell you I'm not. You know, maybe I think probably the one that I'm least exploring is staying there. And that's because it's just... You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not a masochist. Right. If you don't want me there, I won't be there. But you're doing a dis- to stay there is just gonna they're just gonna keep Oh, it's just the next one. It's mm-hmm. a, not under this administration, not not under the this leadership or lack of leadership. I mean, you know, you have this park is an amazing place and, and now you're gonna turn it into a police state. You're gonna come and you know, I I, I get it, yeah. It, it's you're the boss lady, got it. Oh, what's your point? You know, what's the purpose here? Given what's happening here, would you say that all public parks are in danger of becoming developed? A hundred percent. If Virginia Key falls, I said it before and I'll say it again. It'll be a domino effect. There is not a single park in Miami that is not at risk of being developed or being How commercialized. How can we as Miami citizens protect these public places? Because they're important. They're the, the heartbeat of the city. I think we need to pursue, pursue a charter amendment. Yeah, it would really be, you just have to, we have to do a referendum. I mean, yeah, we need to, that goes through we need to just say parks are parks. And can't that's it. Develop they're parks. hands off. Untouchable. You can't put stuff on parks. Untouchable. Because I mean, here's the problem. But, but listen, if our politicians can't be good stewards of our shared uh, common spaces, of our public spaces, then it needs to be removed from their hands so that they yeah. can no longer. You look, look at what happens at Bayfront Park. I understand that the the folks from the downtown um, homeowners association oh, yeah. are, are having all sorts of issues with with the park. Um, you know, there are other areas that have similar problems, and, and people are trying to come together. But you can't pit a population against its government because that's that's not how this is supposed to work. So either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution, and, and you know, and they listen to all the stuff that's out there. So the challenge that I'm going to put out to all of our elected officials is that you take a moment, that you step back, and that you truly analyze what's happening here. And if you truly believe that you're doing service for a community, then take the steps necessary to clean up your mess. And then pursue whatever recourse you need to pursue with everyone that's there. And if you wanna get rid of me, get rid of me. You wanna make an example out of me, you know, I can't stop you from doing that. But I'm gonna defend myself to the best of my ability. And I'm not gonna roll over and go away. And I'm going to keep fighting to protect this island and this park because that's why I opened my mouth. And that's why I'm going to continue to open my mouth. And when the biggest criticism I get is that, oh, you shouldn't have said anything if you had stuff that was wrong. Well, you know what? But that thought You're process is really scary for somebody you? to say you shouldn't have said How horrible. Anything. I mean, where do we live? Yeah. I, last time I checked, this was the United States. Yeah. But here's the thing. It sends such a loud message because 
most people have some sort of compliance issues or a, a, a relative that has a job connected to the city or whatever. So you're basically, every time they do this, I always say it's like, it's not a glitch, it's the purpose. Mm -hmm. So when they say, here's Esther, powerful female entrepreneur, Cuban American, politically connected, right? Well, with a good business. <laughs> and if we Clearly can, not, if we can do it to her, what do you think that the <laughs> average person who's sitting in their apartment in Cayocho thinks like, holy crap, if they can do it to her and all her lawyers and all her employees, what can they do to me? They're going right. to crush me. So I better shut yeah. up. Yeah. What? That's such a good point. What does this mean for small But I think it's owners? the messaging. It's on purpose. It's not, this isn't a glitch. This isn't a mistake. It's the purpose is to make examples of people. Bill Fuller, you know, mm -hmm. like they, 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 it's like, here's a powerful property owner and look what happened to him. So you, if you own the little, Fruteria or the barbershop, pulicaria, like you, you guess what? You better toe the line. You better not step out of it. You better not step out of line or you're going to get squashed. So you've obviously dealt with the city on a number of cases in different capacities. Where would you say that the Virginia Key situation is now? And where do you think it's going to be headed? Or what are some possible scenarios from a legal standpoint that could play out? So if you look at it through the lens of the Al Crespo criminal enterprise, it's like, okay, I think the thing we're going to do is wait and see what's next. What is, what is the next move? What do they put there? She has a facility. It's a beautiful place. Are they just going to bring in another purveyor of, so of like a, new tenant. a new tenant that does the same thing? Or are we going to see it developed into a restaurant, into the homeless encampment or whatever it is? So now we kind of have to wait and see what happens, right? What, what is it that they're going to do with the space? So pretending like Esther's not here, Esther's gone. What is, you know, what does that look like? We're not going to know until they do. Like we're, the, 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 the purpose is going to reveal itself at some point. You know, when, in, in the country club of Coral Gables, it was all happening. And it was like we eventually found out, okay. Here's a, you know, it was a, a politically correct connected friend of the mayor that wanted to put in a, a, a an expensive uh, steakhouse. Mm -hmm. You know, it re eventually revealed itself why this person was all of a sudden being accused of not paying their rent and not, you know, not taking care of the building and all the all the BS they come up with all of a sudden, you know. And so I think that that is what we're going to have to do Aren't is those just see slumlord tactics. No, it's slumlord. It's just gangster. It's more. It's more gangster. You know, to put in whoever they want to put in there, and then and then 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 call that progress, right? Whatever that whatever that looks like. You know, I mean, you could look at maybe part of this was like a little bit of a rope a dope strategy. Come up with this crazy, ludicrous idea of putting the homeless on this island with in, you know, no public transport, no services. Everyone knew it's a stupid idea, and like you were saying, like she was laughing at the idea. I mean, I think all we all of us were like, "This is ridiculous." I, I didn't laugh. Exactly. I, like in their hearts, I know that they don't think that this and then, is possible. At some level, I didn't laugh at it. I didn't find it funny. I didn't yeah. find it humorous. What I saw was a development deal. Mm -hmm. And then I was terrified yeah. and I had nothing left to do but defend myself and defend the island. But she had no choice because it's going to replace her. Right. So she speaks out. Well, and it's that, like, no, listen, boom. even if I weren't there, I don't think I would have reacted any differently Yeah. because I, I care about this park. Yeah. 
I grew up there. I mean, we, a lot of us did. Let me take a step back because you asked me, like, what do we do? I think part of this is the way that, again, a breakdown of capitalism, the way I view it is these developers are doing what developers are supposed to do. Sometimes people get mad at me. I'm like, developers have a fiduciary duty to maximize profit for their shareholders and their investors. That's their job. The breakdown is not with the developers. The developers should be salivating over the billion dollars. It's a billion dollars that the city of Miami has in real estate. Okay? The leopard is being a leopard. Right. They're doing exactly what they should do. But what we rely on is our elected officials and our city government to negotiate and Good safeguard that stuff. And that's the breakdown in the system. So I'm always like, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with what the developers are doing, but it's like that. And I, I have a friend, Bob Powers, who always talks about Brickle. And he's like, I came here in 1980 and I looked at what Brickle looked like back then. He goes, David, you could have landed a 747 between the buildings. We made a decision to make Brickle look like it does today, like right? Like Manhattan. We made that decision. And he said, that's that's a fair decision, right? We, 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 as a, we as a community can decide to have a brickle. And he's like, but what the shame of it is, is what, we, what, what should we have gotten in return for allowing that density? Right. World-class parks, world-class mm -hmm. transportation, world-class schools, world-class, like yeah, everything. We could have gotten it. All you would have to say to the developer is like, I have something you want. You want to build 40 stories? Guess what? Equity. You're going to give me this. So like in quality and, of life. Well, but it's just, but it's it's negotiating. Yeah, like it, to me, it's like I don't I don't see it as like I don't want a handout from you, man. You're asking me for something you can't do, and I'm going to let you do it. But here's what I want in return. Well, and at the end of the day, isn't that also beneficial to the developer over time because you now have a more valuable product that you can put out there? I mean, it's well, what it, it would also be the responsibility of the elected official to negotiate those terms, though, because ultimately. And, and I see it kind of from a point of if the elected official who's you know supposed to represent the people doesn't stipulate those terms, but then they're going to go to that developer and be like, hey, my election's coming up. No, no, that's a, I'm yeah. going to let this slide. So is that like the relationship that ought to happen? I I just think that we have to build the safeguards. I mean, it's a problem everywhere, but here it's a particular problem. But we have to build those safeguards in place to where we 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 have them and, and one of the ways to build the safeguard in is just to have like i said that developer who did work in california in north carolina who said it's all over regulated but one thing they do right is they dictate the green space so there's no negotiating it's like i you know i know full well if i'm developing 40 acres 15 acres is park or whatever the rules are like don't 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 give the temptation to the elected officials right just right build it right in the code like you know like this idea of like I, you know, I maybe I, I'm a maybe a little too sympathetic to this idea of like let's develop all our parks. I mean, the, here's these parks. People need a place to live. We need, you know, and I can see that I can see the attraction. And what you almost have to do is like just take it away. Like just be like, this is not this is off the table. This is over mm -hmm. here. You can't touch this. And I think that is the breakdown in the system is just making a decision of like I said, it would be as simple as saying parks are parks. That's not negotiable. No homeless shelters, no, you know, no uh, retail, no soccer stadiums, parks, stay parks. And it'd be as simple as that. We could do that. And then the, and then it gets more complicated of how do we want relationships with vendors to look? How do we want that to be administered, you know, and do all that? I mean, Dream this is the Division of Real Estate Management. I mean, I, th I think they're on their fourth or fifth 
director in the last five years. I mean, the, the department's a disaster. As far as I'm concerned, there should be a receiver put in place and just run all of the city's facilities. We haven't this, had this discussion. I agree with you. It's a disaster. Receiver, what, what do you... What like, like have an outside government, like have the federal government come in and run our assets. They're, they're not being run. They're, 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 they're not being maximized. They're not, they're being, they're being weaponized, you know, and, and there's... Is that a, one of those safeguards you're referring to? Well, I mean, that's such a fundamental breakdown of just like the city not doing its job, right? I mean, if you, if you, at the end of the day, what's going to come out is any, any non-compliance that Esther has is as a result of the city. We live in Shenandoah. We had a meeting the other day with the city building department. <laughs> and the number one thing that the residents would say is like, dude, I applied for a driveway permit and it's been 14 months. It's a disaster. You guys suck. Like, this is terrible. Well, their comeback is no, they're, no, no, we're great. No, no, they, they, they had, they, no, I think the guy yeah, didn't yeah, recognize yeah. it's horrible. No, and it's no, like, no, no. So what, <laughs> no, but let no, me back no, up. No, no. But let me back up. What happens? What do people do? You, you go without a permit. Right. And you still right? do it anyways. Well, you do it, but then, and then guess what? Well, then you're going to get reprimanded. If, if you get caught. you're a political enemy. Ah, oh, right, 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 right. Like, right. like no, 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 no. You're not going to get in trouble if you just keep your head low. They, they, they right. don't if have you're, enough if people. If you're not a thorn in their, in their yeah. We're not Coral here. Gables. We don't have someone running up and down the streets saying, oh, look at what, well, what, what's this new driveway? That's not what's happening. It's just that everyone's out of compliance because it's impossible to comply. Well, they've criminalized not being. I'm, well, that's on top of that. criminalize that? I mean, you're not, who are you hurting? Is, is that like you, you run a stop sign and you're going to jail? I didn't hit anyone. I, I didn't really hit this. I rolled through, you know, the rolled through excuse, or I stopped uh, three feet ahead. You're going to jail. Yeah. This is what's happening today. You run a stop sign. You don't stop where you're supposed to. You're going to jail. What would be some of the uh, prescriptions, like in this proposal? What could be something or like, because obviously politics is something, a game of compromise, right? What would be a compromise in this situation that you would accept or that would be acceptable legally? I'll let you answer that. I mean, it's a business It's you know. I, I don't, you know, right now, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Like that's if the city's even willing to compromise. I don't, yeah, I don't think they are. That's why I don't have an answer for you. I, I think it'd be like, it'd be negotiating against myself. And what's the point? Yeah, you're going to see it. I mean, that's the thing I said, there's a billion dollars worth of assets. It's like all the vendors at all the spaces, right? Like what, you know, what happens to everybody? What happens to all these jobs, right? All her employees have to go find another place to work. Like it's this disruption that's a thing. But I think that, again, I go to what needs to happen is we need to revisit this. Some people are talking about expanding the number of elected officials, right? On the on the commission? Yeah, make, let's make the commission. So more districts. Let's mm -hmm. expand it to seven. Let's, you know, some people talk about doing at large, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like, but it's, it's that, and that, Wait, I think- require a referendum to that? Yes, that's what I'm saying. These are all charter revisions, right? But what's interesting about it is what Grace Solaris- Well, is, how about we take elections away from that off year cycle? Because that, we also have, you know, people that are getting elected with very low turnout. So, well, turnout's always going to be low, but I do agree that when you have off-year elections, like for example, if we were to have an election next year, which I imagine there's going to be a commission race yep. up there, that and you'll and you'll find that the people who participate the most in those off-year elections are the elder population. 
Yep. Well, because they also facilitate it. It's let me let me go and help yeah, you vote. They right. But I think that they when, take them, bust them in. Here's, and here's your paella and, and your, your, your pastelitos. Exactly. Your cafecito is pastelitos and croquetas also <laughs> buy votes. I, I, mean, mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna lie here, but I've I've handed a couple paellas in my <laughs> but let well, me. Maybe but let you me shouldn't be allowed. No one should be. No one. But let me finish the thought about the, the expanding the group because you know it's 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 they, when that when when all uh, there was a time when everyone was looking at expanding. They were comparing us to like Tampa, Orlando, like saying like this population should have this many reps, and we really should have seven or nine reps for the city of Miami. And it was interesting. It was Grace Solaris, who's a you know old time activist and. And she, when I, I, I broached the idea to her, I was like, is this something like you, you know, you've been at this a lot longer than me. Should we expand it? And she looks at me, you know, this old experienced Cuban American ran for office. And she's like, David, we have five bank robbers. Your, your, your bright idea is to have nine bank robbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know how what? we're going to solve the problem. Hey, you know what? Hold on, hold on. I'd rather take my chances with nine bank robbers than with two. And then they say you could just do maybe they they faction up the bank robbers and they decide to rob. You know what I'm saying? Like they they change the plan halfway through. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how well that works out. I just love that response. And then there's also eventually the, the snake eats its tail. You know? The problem is what you're talking about with the bae and other things that happen is then you also say you know like I think the academic thinking is you need to expand it. You need to have a couple at large seats. Like there's things you need to do. And they're saying you know the problem with an at large seat is it costs a million dollars. You have to raise a million dollars to run citywide in the in the city of Miami. That's crazy. And you can't do that without what? Taking the developer money. It's, it's impossible. impossible. You cannot successfully run that race. So that's the thing. These are some of the realities of what we're talking it's just, about. It's so unlikely that whatever, or rather said, it's more of an accessibility, right? We talked about how, well, at least Jason brought up the fact that we need fresh blood, new faces. Mm -hmm. Fresh blood and new faces don't got no million dollars. Right. Yeah. And right. even if they try, <laughs> right? right? Like, where are you going to get this million from? Right? My, so, my godfather. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's that special interest because Padrino who got yeah, he's gonna he's gonna want you something know, in return yeah. for sure. So I mean, like it, it's it's difficult. Paella, <laughs> no, but you don't want to buy it. <laughs> I make a mean paella. <laughs> but how is it that um, I guess my question would be is with the commission that we have currently, what options do we have? Because Going back to my thing, that the things that you that you listed, um, you know, I'm always inclined to say sign this piece of paper because that's yeah, what yeah. I know. You're right, right. But even I know that that's not the most effective process. Mm -hmm. But by the same stroke, if you don't do something that's per se legally binding, they're not going to take you serious. Because I could I could coordinate protest all day long, and they're just gonna they're just okay. gonna ignore it. Okay. Yeah. Those yeah. people don't vote anyways. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, what what is something that could be impactful in in this situation? And I think that I, I think that educating people. And I was going to read. I wrote a, I wrote an editorial in the Miami Herald today, and and it was about Al Crespo's passing. And I say in the editorial, Crespo's legacy is showing that corruption is not inevitable. If if residents who remain silent, instead demand better, more transparent and cleaner government, we can leave behind the ugliness and begin uh, writing a new chapter to improve the situation at City Hall and throughout Miami. Let's celebrate Crespo by doing the hard work necessary to stop tolerating self-interest and unscrupulousness and demand cleaner, better government. 
And it's like, those are just words. Like we got to do the work. Look, at the end of the day, people have to show up and they have to go vote. We have to do the work, but we also have to educate people as to the problem. Like here we are, we're taking time. You've invited us on here. Like this is to me, I'm not. And one of the Al Crespo legacies I have is, is like, enjoy the ride. You know, this is not a fun ride for Esther, but but enjoy the enjoy the theater of what we're doing. Enjoy the it's Miami. You know, his 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 byline, if you do you guys know what it was, the it's Miami bitches. Mm-hmm, like yep. that was how he ended every column. And it's like, this is the reality. And he had like a twinkle in his eye when it came to this stuff. Like it wasn't just this, like, ah, oh, we're screwed. This is all bad. It's like, oh no, no, let's do the work. Let's make people aware of what's happening to Esther, to Ball and Chain, to these institutions that employ people and make our, you know, make our community interesting. And let's let's fight back and talk, talk with your neighbors about it and get people to to see that this is not what we want. By the way, I love my neighbors because when I get home, they're like doing the go get them. And some of them have come over and said, keep at it. We're going to, you know, these people go after the house. We're looking out. <laughs> there are any strange cars? I'll call you. And I'm like, you know, on one hand, how sweet, and on the other hand, how sad that there's this expectation that you know they're all like keeping. Yeah, an what's eye out. next? Where was a punch around? But I will tell you, part of the biggest, the number one thing you hear in this case is, "How do I help?" They're asking, "How yes, do I? Help? How do I help?" And I wish a lot of people are. I asking, wish how we do had I candidates. I wish we had, you know. And I and I got to tell you something. I mean. I'm 52, she's 57, it's it's y'all, it's this next generation that's gonna have to step up. And I feel like there is an attitude among some young people, like there's a learned helplessness that you get, that you see, you see people struggle against this and they don't get the results. And I like, it's almost like our time is passing. But you know what, failing, I, I, and I always tell, you know, cause I'm, I'm at a stage in life, or at least I thought I was, I may have been had a setback because God knows, <laughs> but you know, I always said it's, um. Like I've never been one to have an issue with my age or aging, and you know it's it's the experiences that we get over time, and and it's about taking chances, and you know starting Virginia Key Outdoor Center was a chance that I took. It was it was my big play, and I did it because I believed in this place as being an essential place, and I knew when nobody else believed in it, I knew that people would come. So I went for a long time without anything, driving my beat up old truck, which incidentally, I just got running again, my battery was dead. And I, but and I, I it's, it's like that anchor, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you don't take a chance, you're never gonna have a successful event. But if you do take a chance and you lose, that loss doesn't define you mm-hmm. because you really, what have you lost? Are you going to put me any further back than I was in the beginning? I have my health. I have my family. I have my friends. And apparently today, I have a bunch of people that are trying to figure out how to help me. And we all have, you know, we all have our uh, weaknesses. And and for me, it's pride. And I admit that. I am prideful in that I don't know how to accept help. I'm, I'm, I'm fine helping anybody else out. But when it comes, but when it comes to asking for help or even accepting help, I'm learning how to do that. And it's something that I have to get past because the opportunities are there and I have to find quickly, I have to find a way to, you know, to, to 
to appreciate that and to be thankful for it. Because um, <clears throat> there are a lot of people out there that have been trying to reach us. And I know some of them are getting frustrated. I apologize. Our voicemail is constantly full. We're trying to deal with customers and refunds. People trying to, you know, I get so many calls. Are you going to be able to open? We want to come, but we want to come where you open. Are you going to open somewhere else? You know, there really isn't anywhere else. It's not like beachfront property is, you know, readily available that you could just pop up and, and start doing it. And but it, it's it's so overwhelming. But at the same time, I you know the the harder they push, and the more they try to defame and disparage me, uh, the more that my stubborn streak comes out, and I want to double down and say, bring it. Because you know I said something in one of the videos, and I have to do another video soon. They've been asking for it. I'll ask for videos. I never expected that. But, you know, I said, we got a storm brewing. And the one thing we know how to do in Miami is deal with storms. And we do. And it's time for everybody to stand up and take a little bit of that heat and tell these people that if they want to be that great next leader, then they need to start acting like that. And they need to start thinking about the people that they represent and their needs and stop with the nonsense. And you know what? Is that going to fix everything? It's not. But we need to not be punitive and, and in, you know, incarcerate people for clerical issues because basically that's what it is. Um, we need to just stop voting for these oppressive, extremist, overwhelming government control on the people. And, and by the way, if they weren't paying attention, this isn't a partisan issue. We got people on the left, people on the right, and they all agree. And if you think that that's not going to be a problem come the next election cycle, I think you're going to be very surprised because what's happening right now is that people are really angry. And the more they push, the angrier they're getting. We are now almost a month after the, the, the commencement of this situation and people aren't slowing down. I know they want to say, oh, it's not getting as much media coverage. Well, Hold on to your shorts, folks, because there's more coming. And that's why I feel, at least from a, like a referendum standpoint, it actually could be successful because it's not a partisan issue. You know, even with the example of like the recall, it was kind of factioned, right? Yep, yep. The people that like him or have yeah, some yep. type of attachment to him versus the people that don't know him, don't care, or just know that it's wrong. But Back to your point about the educating, I feel like the biggest problem with voters just overall is that there's not a sense of primacy, yeah. right? Like since it doesn't, I don't, I can't see it, touch it, I don't care about it. It's, I don't, I don't go to the beach, so you yeah. know, like whatever the case is, they're not gonna feel a claim. So I feel like the only real way of doing that is is by talking, <laughs> by communicating with them. So this is just me. You should do the petition. And it's interesting you say that because thank you guys for doing this, like this show, like, like we're also having a breakdown in media. Yeah. Right. Like when you look at the media coverage of what happened, like it's not we don't have the robustness of the media coverage right now that can make it possible to cover this and educate it. So it becomes almost like a self-help, like Esther's having to do the educating, right? Where back in the yeah. day, maybe there would have been a Herald article. Mm -hmm. you know, funny Definitely. thing is that for the last seven years, you know what we've been doing and what, we, what skills we've been honing is educating people. Mm -hmm. Educating people about the world around them, about what they see, about why climate affects them and how it affects their pocketbook. 
you know, real life stuff away from all the hoopla and all the, you know, left and right nonsense. It's the real life application. That's what we've been working on for the last seven years. And, and that's why are. what you your facility was such an asset to the city and why you're seeing that response from people, because yeah. they experience the value firsthand yeah. in everything that you all have been doing for so long. It was. And I, I think we talked about that last episode. It wasn't just come kayak. There's just so much involved for families for bike riders for people that just want to go and relieve some stress outside and then you know just understanding what you're looking at and what you're seeing it just gives you that that added value for for your space because this right. is our shared space this is a public park this it public belongs to the people park yeah right david that's right okay just making so sure I'm not saying no, no, yes. It's, it's a public park. It's owned by the people. Right. And if we don't have good managers in place, then, then we have to demand good managers. And I hope that maybe, you know, we only need one or two of our elected officials to stand up and, and say, I'm going to be that next great leader. So there's your challenge. Step up or step aside. Because if you're not going to step up, we don't need you. I have a question for you, David. So I speculated in the last time that we spoke as to why DLP changed his mind. I said that it was, you know, political reasons, not because he thinks it's a good idea or he likes it, but because he needs to be able to claim that I did something about the homeless issue, yeah. right? I, I proposed that both DLP and Carroyo are gonna run for mayor in, uh, in 2025. So what, why do you think that he uh, changed his mind? I have no idea. I was watching the meeting and it was, you know, it was absolutely like, you know, I, I had to break the news to some people. They're like, no, 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 Dave, like you don't, you're confused. Like it, it was voted down. It's like, no, it was brought back by DLP. He was able to do it um, from a rules of order perspective because he was part of the losing side. He was able winning. to redo the vote. No, he was on the, I'm oh, sorry. Yes. He was on the winning side. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He was on the winning side. So therefore he could bring it back and change his vote to, the, to, 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 to allow it. To the um, losing side. <laughs> yeah. What's well, the exact, but the idea was he was able to, to, to bring it back so he could vote in favor of it. And I don't know what happened. I, I don't, you know, like, you know, the, the real politic of that is hard to, to keep up with. Um, I actually rewatched the meeting to try to understand if there was it. And I got to be honest with you, like, I don't I don't I don't know. Um, we will see because of what happens next. You know, if if there's a steakhouse that goes in there, you know, we're going to know that there was a goal. If there's going to be a development there, we're going to know like somebody, you know, we don't we don't we won't know until we do, which is really a problem with our transparency and our, you know, like someone should be able to ask DLP, why did you change your Honestly, vote? Because that's to me is like- I haven't like, even read, like he, I don't know that no, anyone's asked initial, him a question. His initial criticism was so spot on. He was so on point. But, but I'm saying is no one even added to I mean, And he even said it, he even said it himself, you know, there's maybe room in my district for this. Yeah. It wasn't an issue of I'm pushing it off to anybody else. He was like, why? Because you have a you have a population that's already you know living there on the street, but they're living there, and you know, because you know, <laughs> this is how you start treating them. This is how you get them off the street. And here we so are. yeah, we don't have an answer for you. Because <laughs> I speculated. To me, my whole thing was like, have you asked him? You know, I've I don't have a relationship with him. Like that. Send him an email. 
do what everybody's been doing. Pick up a phone, make a phone call, send an email, po- tag them on social though. media. I understand that uh, phones at City Hall have been ringing quite aggressively. And I'm going to remind everyone that we still have to say Virginia Key. And that if they go to our website at vkoc.net and click on Save Virginia Key, uh, all the contact information for all of our politicians uh, is there uh, and contact them all, the mayor, the city manager, all five commissioners and tell them what you're demanding. And that's codified protection for the island. And we're going to start with that. And then we're going to move forward and we're going to make sure that we're going to protect the rest of our public assets for the public. How many how many signatures you already need to do something like that? 10,000. It's doable. I mean, I it's so it's doable. doable. It's it's doable. I think one of the things you can do that. Well, but, but the problem Not is, alone. yeah. Here's the problem. I got a lot of volunteers ready to hit the road. But the problem mm-hmm. is, is that you do need the funding to make. It, it is hard. It's probably where you would need the pack in that regard. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got to have the funding. You got to have that. You got to have the. And I don't say this in a in a. In a this doesn't seem a specific way, but you got to have the kids. And the kids got to be on the street and you got to just it's it's just such legwork to do. And it costs money. Like, again, it's like the politics, like just this. It costs money to make yeah. this done. I've seen you do incredible things, but it costs money. You know, yeah, like that's that's money. that's how it goes. It costs money. I mean, we're not talking millions of dollars, no, but, but we're talking. Still, yeah, it's real money. Of you got to pay yeah. people to go do this stuff. It's the, the volunteer. It's just hard. It's but hard the to problem do with volunteers especially when it comes to like anything political is that it's not on your terms. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you don't really have an out, like a, you don't get to say, outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, cause it's volunteer like charity. You can't, you can't be, you can't pick your charity. You know what I mean? If I make right. a donation, you can't tell me no 500, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's what I got. Mm-hmm. So it, you can do like a volunteer only thing, but if it's something where it's like, you have a time limit or yeah. you have like X amount. And then, and then unfortunately you could say like you get to the number, but there's a fallout rate on those petitions too. So it's like, yeah. and it has to be done. Oh, right. There's the another way, wait, hold on, right. but there's another way to get it to referendum. And that's that. I think three commissioners. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. That's not happen. <laughs> three, three, <laughs> there's no three, three commissioners. You probably couldn't get Why one. What to say that they're gonna? They're let's, gonna fight. let's assume let's we can't assume get three commissioners. Hold on, hold on. We can't, we can't say no. we can't have three commissioners that are willing to stand up and say we're going to protect our parks. No one has to flip. We don't have yeah. three commissioners three? that are willing to stand up. Okay, let's say you have and, the two. Let's say you and have protect the two right parks now, for the people. Is, uh, King. No. No. Reyes and Russell. Right, Reyes and Russell. And Russell. We lose Russell at the end of the year. I understand that that Commissioner King was under a lot of pressure for her vote from her community. In that they didn't want to put it like they put everything. No, they didn't. They didn't like her vote. Oh, really? Yeah, they thought it was a horrible. So she's the most likely to flip. Let's oh, wait, I maybe. have a naive question. What about the mayor? Apparently, um, uh, what I heard was that he was told that he couldn't veto this. I, I why not? I because it's not I a, my. I I don't know. I, I I can see why it wouldn't be a because it's a pilot program. Thing. It's a pilot program. You mean like the twenty-year pilot programs that take place in Miami? Uh, just I, maybe I, I don't how do you stop pilot programs but the, by the point is i don't know that he can veto it um and and uh but it's it a budget would. island i mean how do you not no you know it's, it's unfortunate though because when 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 francis forrest sought his strong mayor initiative i was a supporter of that and i thought 
that that needed to happen, especially in light of, of what we were expecting. But that's a perfect example. I guess, but the strong mayor is the perfect example of like redoing, you know, uh, Mayor Francis came in and tried to immediately change the strong mayor form of government. And I called one of the things that I do is I call the academics. Like, what's the best thinking on this? Like, show me the academic papers. Like, should we have a strong government? And I talked to a couple of different professors of local government. They're like, 100%, the city, the size of Miami needs to have a strong mayor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, but I have two further observations. As formulated, this plan sucks. Yeah, there were you some things in there that were just. This. And two, you're Miami. You can't handle it. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't have nice things. Your yeah. your lo- your nice things. your system, your ecosystem can't function it's too under unilateral. this. And that's what you know. It was a, it was an interesting observation. So, so, what is the role of the mayor? Pretty much just. Well, you see the role of the mayor. Like it's like a promotional. Like it's a uh, you know spokesperson for the. But there's nothing wrong. I mean, I gotta I mean, tell you something. He's done. I you know, I gotta tell you something. Like I, you know, he's kind of done. Embrace that role, right? He's on thing. He's promoming Miami, getting people to move here. Like that. Yeah, may, and I'm not saying stuff to that may not be city. the best use of that because he doesn't have a vote, and right. they they've kind of gotten rid of his. Well, does he not have a vote because he doesn't chair commission, or he just doesn't have a vote? He doesn't have a vote. All he his job is all he can do is veto. Mm-hmm. That's that's the form of government. So if he that we have. shared commission, he could control. Well, no, no, he couldn't. He couldn't do any. He could sit and do control the agendas to some some extent, but no, he doesn't have a vote. So that's it. So that's that's where you're at. I mean, it's a very powerless position. It's interesting because they're talking about like DLP or Carroyo running. That's a step down. I mean, you know, right. in, 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 your level of power goes down significantly. Yeah, but you're the really mayor of Miami. Up. But that's just really messed up. It just doesn't sound yeah. like if you try explaining that to to the average person, they'll be like, no, nah, you're wrong. Yeah. Mayor's the guy in charge. It doesn't make sense. But I think we should end it here. I want to thank you guys so much for coming and sharing. And I hope next time you're here is to share some good news. That we uh, formed a pack and we're taking over the world. <laughs> maybe. I think that would be good, too. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank you. No, you're. It's it's my pleasure. It's our pleasure to have you to have you here, um, sharing and helping us understand a little more of everything that's been going on. And um, this is great for for keeping up with it because it takes a special person. Yep. To (laughs) special. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, you definitely um, you have you show a lot of strength. And a lot of commitment that is, I mean, unfortunately, it's not the common anymore. So the fact that this happened to you. Thank you. And I'll keep it on. I'll keep going as long as I can. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. David, thank you so much for sharing and for helping us understand a lot more about what's going on. And. Nadir, thank you. We should definitely do this. Yeah, Nadir, let's do this. And I love y'all's. solutions-based approach, right? It's like we can sit here and talk all day. It's like, what, 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 what do we do? But what, what do we do? do? Yeah. What do we do? You, you, know, Absolutely. you guys both bring it back to us. Like, okay, what's the solution? Yeah. Like, let's, you know, let's do it. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, you said it yourself. Worth without action don't really yeah. move anything forward. And that's what we want. We want a solution for you for the city of Miami. And we want to make sure that our parks are untouchable. Thank you. So thank you to everybody for listening and watching. Make sure you vote. You yes. still got an hour left. Please make sure you vote. Make sure you understand <laughs> how the process right works. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye.